19 to shoot, pull it straight away. Bam! He's a shaving! Everything I got, I got from him. If y'all say out the mud, out the mud, yeah, yeah. That, that's the kind of dudes that I rock with. Like, dudes who know how to get it out the mud. What it's about is doing it for the guy next to you. Laying it on the line. Laying it on the line for the guy next to you. The opportunity for the greatest turnaround in college football exists here today, and it's not, and it's not one to be taken lightly. Well, 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 welcome back, and it has been a long time since I've recorded a podcast. I think the last podcast I did was with you, Connor. We were sitting. No, no, not even that. We were sitting just for some context. We were sitting in your grandparents' basement oh true yeah i don't yeah. remember what we talked about oh yeah we were on the patio talking about football i think yeah i think so that was a long time ago it was like over the summer but here we are back with another podcast i'm cool carmody that's connor carson and we have some special guests today i don't want to say guests because maybe this is going to be a regular thing we haven't figured this out um the let's just boys. let's just put it this way <laughs> whenever these two people come over to the apartment there's a lot of arguing that goes on and one day both of these young men decided, hey, we should just do a podcast. And, of course, they know a person that knows how to do these types of things. And so here we are. Thanks, Cole. Um, joining Connor and I today is Landon Roberts and Caden Kleiner. And I really don't know how else to introduce them besides saying that these are probably two, and including Connor, of the three most fanatical K-State fans, I think. Um, what do we say? the front row gang. I don't necessarily know if they sit in the front row all the time, but if you've listened to me on the Power Cat podcast, whenever I reference my friends say this or my friends do this or whenever even when I talk about the student section and I say people have told me, uh, it's probably coming from them. So now you know my sources, but um, we got a lot to talk about on this episode today. Um, I feel like even if you guys didn't want to record a podcast, I probably would because there's so much stuff to talk about. We could talk about basketball, but we're not going to talk about basketball today. Um, we're going to get into some schedule release, K-State football in the first half. We might even do a little bit of predictions. Go into the second half. We're going to switch it up a little bit. If you guys know me personally, you know that I like the Chiefs a lot. Caden uh, and Connor are also avid Chiefs fans. So we'll talk about the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship game. And at the very end, we'll have a little special segment for you. But before we go any further, I do want to introduce everybody individually. Caden. First of all, thank you for being here. Of course. Initial reaction to being on, in a room. Just for context, we're in McCain um, Studios up here at Wildcat 91.9. Colby Van Camp so graciously is letting us use his soundboard. But do you feel weird talking into a microphone for the first time? It's kind of weird. I mean, I'm not used to doing this. Uh, we're usually just having a conversation in your living room. But I feel like that's just what this is going to be anyway. So I'm not too nervous about it. We're just going to... We're going to have a good time. It's going to be fun. Landon, do you echo those same sentiments? I would agree as well. It's definitely cool to do this on podcast, but um, I feel like it's just going to be like in your living room, us all arguing all over again about oh, yeah. everything. Probably a little less choice words being said. <laughs> True. Hopefully more PG. Yeah, a little hey. bit more PG is the goal, but the great part about special effects is I can bleep things out. Exactly. <laughs> um, let's just get into this because there's a lot, like I mentioned, to talk about. I, Initial reaction. I'll start with you, Landon. Initial reaction 
when you saw K-State's schedule come out? Would have been a few days ago when you're listening to this. Um, I easily thought it should be a 10-2 and two record, easily. Um, I think that should be the floor, um, the expectation. I find the only hard games are um, on the road at Texas. I think that's going to be a tough game late in the season. Um, they're going to be hitting their stride by that kind of time, and I think we should be hitting our stride as well. So I think it's going to be a good game in Austin. Um, I'm going to guess it's going to be a night game. going to be a loud atmosphere, probably one of the more tougher ones in the Big 12 with the kind of that big stadium and all that. And I also think Tech at home, I believe. I think that game's at home. I think that's, that's going to be – Oh, it's on the road in Lubbock. I think that's going to be a tough game. Um, I figured out – Connor told me before this that they lost all three quarterbacks, so they kind of do have some spots to fill there. But um, I still think um, they're showing in the Ole Miss game at the end – Kind of really showed what they could be forward. I think Oklahoma State hits a rebuild year, so I don't see um, being in Stillwater as a really big, tough challenge. And I think um, Baylor at home could be tough. Um, they were kind of a question mark as last year. But um, in all honesty, I think we kind of joked about this a little bit, but I think in Columbia for Mizzou is probably K-State's third hardest game. It's incredible. That's what I'm saying. That's I, I think I'm saying. that's I think it's not an incredibly hard schedule, but I think it's I think the expectation should be 10-2 and two and back in Arlington to play for a Big 12 championship. I mean, having a road rivalry game as your third non-con game is always going to be difficult, I think. Just for context, I am a Missouri fan, so I think that kind of factors into this a little bit. But I kind of like what Drake's got going as much as he gets clowned on on Twitter. I think he's starting to slowly build a better program. And I, I'm not saying that K-State's going to outright lose to him. I don't think they will, but I think it's going to be a harder game than a lot of people. A lot of people are just chalking up those first three non-con games and wins, and I think it could be – it should be three wins, but I think it could be a little bit tougher than, than what most people are thinking. I don't think Mizzou's just going to lay down and kind of roll over for K-State. Especially after what happened last year, of mm-hmm. them getting absolutely blown out here. And yeah. Caden, initial reactions? You know, I don't know what the stat is exactly, but I remember it was like 21 out of the last 26 years or something, K-State opened conference play on the road. Yeah. And finally, after all these years, we get a opening conference game at home against UCF. So I'm excited for that. And I personally wish that KU was the last week of the year because that's rivalry, rivalry week. But, you know, Iowa State works too, Farmageddon. We yeah. hate those guys almost just as much. So I'm excited for it. Well, let me ask you guys this because I think this is an important talking point of the schedule. Um, there is K-State is not going to any of the new Big 12 schools. As a fan... Um, I want to ask you all this. Were you a little disappointed that K-State's not going to Orlando, K-State's not going to Provo, Houston, Cincinnati? Would you feel like that a road trip like that in the, the first season of the new Big 12 would kind of be something to, to kickstart the fan base? Or, or, or is it just like, eh, who cares? Like, I, For me individually, I feel like it would have been really cool to go on the road. I understand from a wins and losses standpoint, it probably doesn't really matter that much. But I'm a little surprised that K-State, K-State was one of only two schools that doesn't go to any of the new Big 12 schools. I found that to be fascinating. I think the only one that would have been, as from a fan's perspective, that would have been cool to go to was to go to Provo. I think that's one of the better environments in college football. Like, whenever you think of, like, Cincinnati or Houston or UCF, you don't really think of, like, college towns like that, I guess, is my perspective. Like, it'd be like if there was UMKC had a football team that played downtown like mm-hmm. that's kind of how I think of it it's not like that road trip like we went down to Baylor last year and that's like a road trip you go to see a football game or to Oklahoma State and I kind of want to touch on that a little bit that I think Friday night football is a little underrated I think that's really cool that they're playing on Friday nights I don't remember the last time there's been like a marquee like because that'll be a pretty good game marquee game on a Friday night I'm happy that game is on the road though because when you look at the Friday night situation 
in Kansas, that would affect a lot of people. True. Mm-hmm. Um, the, obviously, high school football is big in Oklahoma, but it's big in Kansas, too. And so if you have a Friday night game in Bill Snyder Family Stadium, I believe it would be sold out. But it also takes a recruiting weekend away from you. That's something that not a lot of people realize. And I think if you're in Stillwater, you got to be a little frustrated with that because now you don't get those recruits to be able to come in and see the game. And, and for K-State, Chris Kleiman has talked about it time in and time out. Those recruiting visits, the actual game day visits, are so important to their recruiting because you can't sell Manhattan just you know, on a postcard. You have to actually come to a game, you have to check out the facilities, you have to see what it's like, because it is hard to recruit a kid to come to, to Manhattan if they've never been here before. I think you can say the same thing about Stillwater. This is going to impact Oklahoma State's recruiting because, you know what, these out-of-state recruits that, oh, well, let me look at Stillwater. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, hey, don't disrespect yeah. Stillwater like that. Uh, no offense, <laughs> K-State and Oklahoma State very similar when it comes to that, but like, they take a recruiting weekend away from them. So I think... From a from a K State standpoint, it doesn't really matter. But from an Oklahoma State Oklahoma State standpoint, it's a big deal. Do any of you find it disrespectful, almost from a viewership standpoint, that we're playing on a Friday night instead of like a Saturday night? Because, like you said, it is going to be a marquee matchup. It's going to be, I mean, two possibly two teams that um, are going to be maybe at the top of the Big Twelve, maybe not for Oklahoma State. But I feel like us, especially, do you find it almost disrespectful we're playing on a Friday night instead of a Saturday like normal? I I think it's fine. Like whenever you think of the football week, whenever football's in full swing, you know. <clears throat> football on Thursday night with the NFL, but then there's nothing really on Friday night, so I feel like with the Big 12, this is kind of like, they're kind of going to try to take over this market of a Friday night marquee mm-hmm. matchups. Like, I feel like <clears throat> like if they had one every week, I feel like that'd be a really good selling point for the Big 12, because if you think about it, like whenever you think about the football week, you have Thursday night football game on Amazon Prime, you have the Saturday night, you have college game day, and then the ABC kickoff at night. Mm-hmm. Sunday night you have it on NBC. Monday night you have it on ESPN. Sure. And if the Big Twelve is like, all right, we are the Friday night conference. Like I feel like, because uh, what do they have? Maction normally on on oh, during the weeks. Yeah. Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday nights. Yeah, <laughs> like if you have that little foothold, especially with the new the way realignment's going, I feel like that could be a good thing. They're, they're gonna have to compete with playoff baseball though. That's the thing that I think not a lot of people really realize right now. And I brought this up on our on our questions podcast for Go Power Cat, but like this is October sixth. You are competing with playoff baseball. I'd have to go up and, and maybe you got one of you guys can do this. Look up the dates of the wild card round. Correct me if I'm wrong. ESPN usually broadcasts wild card games. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they get one and the TBS gets the other. Okay, yeah. so Friday night you're either playing on ESPN2 or potentially FS1. I mean, Fox well, is going to have playoff for, games, right? That just depends on the networks, I think, and – I mean, with the way baseball is going right now in this country, I wouldn't be surprised if it's scheduled around the college football game and not scheduled around baseball. That would be my guess. That's a fair point. I don't know. I, I know. I do know that K-State only has – or K-State and Oklahoma State are the um, – there's only one other game that is played on Friday night in this conference slate, which is pretty fascinating when you look at it. Um, Caden, I want to ask you this because you've seen some pretty good games. I know you've been coming to K-State games for a long time. What home game sticks out to you? Hmm. Um, I mean, last game of the year, Iowa State, like, rivalry week. I know they're not going to be as good. They're losing Aiden Hutchinson. Or not Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Xavier. Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah. <laughs> blanked on his name. Uh, but it's still Iowa State, and we hate him. So it's going to be a fun night, um, if it's a night game. I hope it is. Hopefully not uh, a 9 a.m. kickoff. T- 
Yeah, for real. TCU, like, they're going to be down. Houston, it'll be exciting to play Houston for the first time at home. Um, Baylor, I I don't know. I mean, the home slate's looking pretty good for us, I have a feeling. I would say maybe the two new teams are the most fun to kind of give them that opening, like, not like treatment of welcome to the Big 12, but, like, it's going to be, like, welcome to the Big 12. I mean, yeah, like, I think – Especially with UCF fans like talking all that trash on Twitter to Iowa State, I don't think they really know quite what they're getting into with the Big Twelve here. Because I mean, like, that might be the most laughable thing <laughs> at a case. That might be worse than our NRT NRT <laughs> banners <laughs> in Bramlage. Um, but I I think they like those teams. I think they kind of know what they're getting into. Like Houston, I know has played a lot of Big Twelve opponents. I mean, they played KU. I mean, they got beat by them obviously. But like, I don't think they quite understand what the slate and kind of week in week out what it's going to be. No, I mean, the UCF game, I think, is going to be an eye-opener for them. Mm-hmm. Um, UCF is a decent team. Gus Malzahn, obviously, has a lot of Power 5 experience being at Auburn. I'm, <coughs> I'm not bought in on this team. I'm not. I mean, I don't think UCF is going to be that good. You mentioned TCU, Caden. I, I, I think, actually, they're, that is the marquee game, right? I mean, that is the rematch of the Big 12 championship game. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I don't know if I've said this publicly or not, but TCU, to me, they reminded me so much of K-State 2012 and Bruce Weber taking over for Frank Martin, taking Frank Martin's players, winning the Big 12 championship. I see Sonny Dykes. No offense to the Bruce Weber fans out there. He won two <laughs> Big 12 championships. You can't take that away from him. Sonny Dykes made it to a national championship game. But I see Sonny Dykes as the next Bruce Weber for TCU. I, With all the turmoil that's going on right now in Fort Worth, you can't convince me that this team is going to be a top 15 team this year. I'm not... I'm not with it. And and you throw in the, the, the Garrett Bryles, it's like not going to happen. Like, no, I'm sorry. When you go out and you hire a guy who is uh, investigated for all these um, allegations that happened with him and infractions at Baylor, him and his dad, I'm sorry, that's not going to work. And especially when you take into consideration he was at Baylor, which is TCU's biggest rival. Mm-hmm. The fan base, if anything goes wrong, they are going to be – at chomping at the bit to get him out of Fort Worth. So I, I can see TCU just going downhill this year. You know, I hope they don't for the conference's sake, but I mean, seven wins. Seven wins. I yeah, I was about to say seven. Then that would be a major disappointment, I, I think, for a lot of people in Fort Worth. I don't think a lot of people outside of TCU understand how experienced that defense was and how much senior leadership they had on those teams. Like, I, they reminded me a lot of the Oklahoma State team last year that mm-hmm. really dominated um, a lot of seniors, a lot of guys with experience, and we saw obviously what happened to Oklahoma State. Obviously, it's not fair because they had a lot of injuries, but TCU had a lot of seniors on that defense. They obviously had Quentin Johnson, who's a big play NFL draft pick that's gone. I mean, they're losing Heisman candidate quarterback. Yeah. They I lost mean, their offensive coordinator, who was supposedly this quarterback whisperer. He's at, where's mm-hmm. he going? Clemson? Mm-hmm. You go to Clemson? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they could return back to their middling, mid table, like, team there normally are like I I would say there's a greater chance that this was the outlier than if this was the standard for TCU now let me ask y'all this is Deion Sanders going into Fort Worth week one and pulling off an upset that will be an amazing game with TCU I don't think, so. I don't think so I don't think people realize that Deion hasn't coached D1 football I understand that he has great amount of experience and done this and that but like until you coach D1 you haven't done it yet so I can't I can't say a guy that went to the CFP championship this year is going to get beat by a guy that's never coached a down of D1 football. Shadir Sanders, Shadir Sanders is a dog. I think he is too. I mean, he's good, but he also hasn't <laughs> played against a mm-hmm. Power 5 
defense is still probably going to be pretty good. They won't be as good as they were last year, but they're still going to be pretty good. They're going to be full of – they're going to get all those dudes they got in the transfer portal. Like all, And I think, I think TCU players will want to make a point too. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're definitely not going to let Colorado walk in there and yeah. make a point of that Dion's on the map. It's going to be fun, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the new Big 12 is, is absolutely amazing. I I just I, – I am so excited because this is what – We've been waiting for. I'm sorry. Texas and Oklahoma, get the hell out of here. I don't want you around anymore. True, true. It's like that ex that you've already broken up with and she won't move out of the house. That's oh. that's kind of what it's like. I've never hey. had that experience. But I feel like that's what it would be she like. She just keeps hitting you up over I, I want to I read this schedule for you. This is the last thing I'll say, and then we'll get into our last segment of the first half. Um, listen to Cincinnati's final four games and tell me if this is not a cakewalk. Home against UCF, at Houston, at West Virginia, Kansas at home. If they are any type of good, if they get through eight games at six and two, they're going to be competing for at least a Big 12 championship. And KU fans, wait till uh, Cincy plays uh, KU, and then you'll really see that Travis Kelsey is not a KU fan. (laughs) (laughs) Thanksgiving weekend, the last game of the season, Cincinnati host Kansas so uh, last segment of this first half I want to ask you guys this and I know we have a long way out before football season who's your sleeper team in the Big 12 this season Mm. 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 and it can't be K-State that's cheating because I have my answer if you'd like me to go I is West Virginia bad take do they return the quarterback that played against K-State yes but they're de- they're gonna be desperate because Neil Brown is literally on his last. True. Leg. I don't. Well, I mean, like I feel like we know what we're getting about everybody else. I mean, is Blake Shapen coming back for Baylor? Yes, he was the only scholarship quarterback on the roster. I can't. I can't confidently say I believe in Blake Shapen. Does OU count as a sleeper? Team? Yeah, I, sure. like that's what I was yeah, gonna say. But like, I, mean, I can't bet. I can't say a team full of does fifty. Does Texas count as a sleeper team? Those teams are full. Of Five and four star players. Yeah, like, but, I mean, I you mean, can't it, sleep on. But them. they keep getting these four and five star players, and then they're seven and five. Every I feel year. like people are sleeping on OU. I hear a lot of stuff talk about Texas, but I feel like OU is kind of like. I don't believe in Dylan. Like, yeah. Dylan. They don't have to play K State this year, so they're not going to lose that game. <laughs> I'm not bought in on Brent Venables. I'm sorry. And I'm not bought in on Dylan. Is Dylan Gabriel? Is that their yes. core? Yeah, I'm not bought in yeah, him. He's he's, he's not good. Gonna, <laughs> they have skill players all over the place. I feel like their defense is only going to get better than it was last year. Like, there's no way it's worse than what it was last year. I think – I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And the sec- second-year head coach, we'll see. Uh, minus Texas Tech. Minus uh, Texas Tech. I should said they that. are on the K-State trajectory. What did K-State do? They went from being very average to the next year they won the Texas Bowl. Now, I'll say this. What they do after that? They won the Big 12. I don't think t- Texas Tech – is going to win the Big 12. I think they're going to compete for the upper half of the conference. If they compete for the upper half of the conference, that is a major step forward in Lubbock. If they beat K-State, they are for real. That matchup happens middle part of the season. If they beat K-State in Lubbock, they're for real. If they don't, probably won't be competing in that upper half. But I do think Texas Tech is going to be much improved this season. Um, That'll be the team that I look at as a potential sleeper of the Big 12 this season. So that's going to do it for the first half. We'll come back. And then we'll talk about the Chiefs, everybody's favorite subject except for Landon. Yeah, sorry about that. We'll get into that, and we'll talk (laughs) a little bit more, a little fun segment at the end of the show. We'll be right back.
Welcome back in here to the second half of the show. Cole Carmody joined by Connor Carson, Landon Roberts, and Caden Kleiner. This is, I don't know if I'm going to post this under Cole's Corner or the Night Shift. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Here we are. Um, we're talking some Kansas City Chiefs football, the AFC champions, third Super Bowl, five seasons. Patrick Mahomes goes for ring number two in what is already the greatest career in the history of any quarterback. Ooh. Um, that is a steaming take right there. Uh, as Boss. we get into this, I want to talk. Exist. <laughs> I want to talk about the AFC Championship before we look at the Super Bowl. I'm just gonna throw it out there, Landon. I want you to. I, I want you to talk. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of conversation this week around the NFL being rigged, the NFL officiating being terrible. I'm not gonna. I, I don't actually expect you to say you think the NFL is rigged, but I think we can all agree that the NFL has an officiating problem. You're not a Bengals fan. You're a Packers fan. Let's throw that out I there am. first. Go Pack Go, by the way. Did Cincinnati lose because of the officials? I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say no because they had the ball with two minutes to go, and as a Packers fan, I'm used to having the ball with two minutes to go and being disappointed in <laughs> championship games. But, I mean, they obviously punt, but on the punt, we saw two Chiefs players – smoke that dude in the back and have no no block in the back call, which is an absolute game changer because that puts the Chiefs at probably what? That's Is that a spot, 15? It's 15 from the spot, but dude flopped like. I mean, he still hit him from the back, though. He, he barely touched him. He like It was like giving a dude a pat on the back and dude flopped like he was Neymar in the world. Well, Come on now. so if that gets called, that's a big game changer. And, I mean, I do agree with the um, – the excessive or whatever the call was, I'm late blanking. Hit, yeah. The late, the late hit out of bounds. I mean, he did hit Patrick out of bounds. I mean, I feel bad for the kid. I mean, he obviously there's nothing really he could do in that situation. Full momentum out of bounds. It's just an unfortunate incident. But no, I'm not gonna say since he lost because of the refs. Um, also on that Patrick run, there was two major holdings. It was it was it was pretty bad. If you freeze frame any play, there's gonna be holding. I understand, but like. Uh, wh- but what do we have to – I feel like there needs to be an expectation from NFL fans that in major moments like this, we have to get it right. It's, it's, like, it's like in basketball when they swallow the whistle on the last play and the dude gets hacked. LeBron? Like, like I'm, yeah. hey, no, no shot here to KU fans, but, like, how many games have we seen this season at the end where KU gets the benefit of a swallowed whistle? I mean, Tech, Oklahoma State, and Wisconsin at the beginning of the year when the dude's whole foot was out of bounds. But yeah. – I mean, we have to expect something at the end of games here where we got to make the right call. I know he, the ref, if he calls the holding call on Patrick's run, he is probably starting to cry while saying the <laughs> holding penalty. But at the same time, I mean, I feel, <laughs> I'm just saying, I feel like our expectation that we do need to get the play right. But I'm not going to say it since he lost because they had their chance with two minutes to go and they should have won it then and there. And I'm... I will call all three of you out as you were sitting there sulking in your sorrows that they were going to lose that game when Joe Burrow got that ball hey, back. Growing up a Chiefs fan, we were just so used to choking games away, <laughs> like third and sixteen, and you give up an easy out route. Like I don't understand how that works. That's right. classic. Chiefs. That that is classic Chiefs, and we'd seen that movie a thousand times before. Now, miraculously, Chris Jones stepped up big time. He played amazing that game. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, we th- we thought we were doomed. <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm just gonna say. It. Patrick Mahomes, anytime he is on the field, has a chance to win the football game. If it's the yeah. fourth quarter, yeah. if it is the fourth quarter and he has the ball with less than two minutes left to go, 
There is not anybody else in the history of the National Football League that I would rather have leading my team down the field than Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter if he has Marcus Kemp, who has four <laughs> career catches and 25 career tackles. That's true. I would rather have three Marcus Kemp's as long as I have one Patrick Mahomes. Guess what? Patrick Mahomes showed on Sunday that he's the best quarterback in the NFL by far, and he also showed that one-legged Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is the best quarterback in the NFL. True. He was hobbling around for his life, still out there making plays. Like, we have to realize that what we're watching is special. And, like, it's so hard to understand it in the moment until you take a step back, right? What do they say? You don't realize what you have until it's gone. When Patrick Mahomes' career is over in Kansas City, there will never be another quarterback like him to ever play for this organization. There will never be another quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Like, when people compare other quarterbacks to Patrick Mahomes, they are doing Mahomes a disservice, and they are doing that kid a disservice because nobody will ever be like him. And I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to say that he's on a, he's a godly-like figure, but the way he plays the game, the way he leads his team is just completely different. And I just got a text right there, so that sucks. But <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing, guys. Like, he is so good. If you, if you don't like Patrick Mahomes, you don't like greatness. People hated the Chicago Bulls because Michael Jordan was so good. People hate the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes is so good. That's the bottom line. Well, and if you're one of those people, you need to reevaluate your life. Well, think about what the Chiefs – I mean, I completely agree with you, but also you have to think about what Chiefs fans – they hated Tom Brady for forever because he would mm-hmm. just – I mean, I don't think I have been that upset more – I don't think I've been more upset than when Tom Brady won that game in overtime against the Chiefs. It wasn't because it was, it was just easy down the field. It was third and ten throw to Edelman, mm-hmm. third and ten, throw to Edelman, third and ten, throw to Gronk. And I also want to talk about the officiating. I think the problem with the NFL is everything's so subjective. Like, if you think about other sports, like soccer, oh, that that's a foul, or it went over the line. Like, in the NFL, it's like, well, it could be holding, but if he's in this position, if he's trying to rip through, like, I saw Mitchell Schwartz talking about that final play, and he's like, it wasn't holding because they're in the rule book it says – if he's going to rip through like that, you can hold him like that, and it just looks like a holding. But then there's also times where guys aren't being held, and they throw their arms up, and then the rest are like, oh, he's obviously being held. So I think it's just too subjective, and it needs to be more objective. And mm-hmm. I think in that moment, you would like there to be no flags. And I think if people are like, what is Joseph Osai supposed to do, not give Mahomes a yes. forearm shiver? <laughs> yes. Four yeah. steps out yeah. of bounds. Like, yeah. I was watching Pardon the Interruption. This, Two of them were on there talking about how they shouldn't have been a foul, like the NFL needs to reevaluate that. Like, if that's even a running back, it's a foul, like, or mm-hmm. a penalty. Like, what What are they supposed Just don't touch him. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty ridiculous, and, 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 I, and I hate to be the one to bring this up. But Bengals fans, if you're mad that you didn't get the calls, maybe you should have had a better regular season, and that game would have been played in Cincinnati. Because some of those – calls that go against the Bengals, they don't go against the Bengals in Cincinnati. You want to know why they, some of those calls went for the Chiefs? It's because Arrowhead Stadium makes a difference. It's like Refer- Allen Fieldhouse. Like Fieldhouse. It is. It's true. It is. You know what? If you want to play in those big games, guess what? You can call it Burrowhead. You can say all this kind of stuff. Well, if that game's being played in your house, maybe you got a little bit better chance to win. That's the bottom line, and people don't want to hear that, but it's true. The crowd has an impact on officiating every sport. Mm-hmm. Or Every sport. Or if you don't want there to be a roughing or a lit hit out of bounds on the last play that puts the Chiefs in field goal range, maybe you go down and score with supposedly the best quarterback, the best wide receiver, the best number two wide receiver, the one of the best running backs in the NFL. Maybe you just go score then. But everybody talks about Joe Burrow like he's some sort of 
late game god. Smoking on that Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do anything. It's like he doesn't do anything in the fourth quarter of games. Like the stats are I think he has he has an interception in the fourth quarter of playoff games. Doesn't have a touchdown. Like if you think back to the AFC championship game last year, it was him being able to escape from the pocket and then just get a first down with his legs. The, here, Joe Mixon, yep. you go score. Samaj P. Ryan, you go score. Yep. It's not Joe Burrow willing his team back into a game. It's his defense making a play on the opposing quarterback to let them win. And Evan McPherson hitting two game-winning field goals at the gun last year. And Joe Burrow had a chance to win the Super Bowl. Couldn't do it. Patrick Mahomes had a chance to win the Super Bowl. He won it. You know what it is? Patrick Mahomes is Aaron Judge. Joe Burrow is Derek Jeter. What? Other players have to carry him in order for him be that good. What? Aaron right. Judge I and just, Patrick Mahomes. I think that's a stretch. That's a stretch. Now, I will say that Jeter had more rings, and well, I get no, all that, but from a strictly player. No. Like, you could do basketball. Like, you could do you could do KD. You could do KD and LeBron. LeBron yeah. can will his team. Will his team. KD, he couldn't. He had to go join the Warriors, and then whenever he joined the Nets, he couldn't do it. That, like, you can compare it to that, but I think baseball is too hard. So what you're telling me is... Mahomes is LeBron James, and Joe Burrow's Bradley Beal. Mm, I wouldn't uh, say that. I would say who'd be the NBA comp for Joe, Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow, uh, Young, really good role oh, player. Trey Young, no, I like that. No, no, I don't even know. Honestly. Like a good role Joe player. Ingles. Hey, Jason <laughs> Joe Tatum. Ingles. Jason I was gonna Tatum. say like, yeah, Jason Tatum's Tyler Hero. Well, but I mean, well, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is Joe still Jimmy really Butler. good. No, Joe Jimmy Burrow. Butler's got that dog in him. Joe Burrow doesn't have The that bottom dog line is this, guys. I would say, like, Dwayne Wade. D. Wade won before <laughs> LeBron got there, though. But he wasn't winning like that before LeBron got there. Hey, Devin, Devin Booker? Oh, oh, Chris Paul, Chris, Chris Paul, Paul, Chris Paul. Yeah. There it is. There we go. There we go. We got Chris Paul. We got to the spot on the podcast where if you're still listening, you're probably one of our moms. <laughs> um, <laughs> bottom line is this, guys. Like, Patrick Mahomes is incredible. The Chiefs had an incredible Sunday. But another team that had an incredible Sunday was also playing that day, obviously, was the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the Kelsey Bowl is what they're calling it now. First off, how awesome is that that the brothers are literally playing against each other? I mean, that has right, never two, happened. It's never happened. That's two first battle Hall of Famers playing a Super Bowl against each other. That right, Can you imagine how proud their parents must be? Like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's nuts. The BBs. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be like yeah. the BBs. Yes. It's literally yeah. like that. Yeah. Camden Cooper, I hope you get really good one day. Yeah, so true. Uh, Tom can go see you play. Uh, <laughs> Tom I, and Tamer. Yes, it's incredible. Like, this is gonna be a fun matchup. I'm so excited for this matchup. I think that this might be the highest score. I I said this to you guys. This could be the highest scoring Super Bowl in the history of the NFL. I think uh, the Eagles run the ball too much to get yeah, it, to be like crazy high scoring. Because I I like. I don't know what they run for. They run for like 290 on the the yeah, Niners I mean, on Sunday. Jalen threw for like 120. Yeah, so, so I, I I think you're gonna see a heavy dose of run. Um, I know the Chiefs, according to Connor Carson, do good against the run. I, I don't know. I don't know the statistic exactly, but um, we we've done good against the run, except we've not seen an O line like the Eagles. Here. No, the Eagles. So. I would say probably had the best O line in football. I don't think it's really even. Close. No, it's not. Close. It's, I don't it's think not. it's even close. No. But is Jalen Hurts hurt? That is something that people have been talking about. I don't think he's hurt. I think he's not 100%. If he can still move out of the pocket and take a hit, I think he'll be all right. He can't really throw like he was doing early in the season, though. But I did see this today, and I want to. I want your guys' input on this. Somebody said that the Lil Uzi Vert song, the new one, mm-hmm. is more Philly 
than Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. That is so not true. I saw somebody <laughs> browse this into the radio. They said that too. I, Meek I Mill is literally Philly. Disagree. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. disagree too. Like Meek Mill is Philly. What Lil Uzi walks his little ass and out of the, out of the tunnel, true. and now everybody thinks he's the king of Philly. Hey, Miles Sanders, Jason Kelsey hitting that. <laughs> that I just want to hit the on a rock. But yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, guys. As we kind of transition into our pop culture segment, it's a great segue. Um, I literally have decided I'm not gonna listen to any rappers from Philly these next two weeks. What? Strict, Me, strictly Me, Tech well, Nine. <laughs> strictly Tech hey, Nine. Hey, you, you get about three hours a good Tech Nine replay, and then if, you're done. If I listen to Tech Nine for the next two weeks, I might punch a hole in my wall. <laughs> yeah. You make a lot of caribou loo too. I might just decide to shave my head and grow out a little bit of goatee. <laughs> yes. Who are the rappers from Philly? Meek Mill, Lil Uzi. Yes. That's it. PNB right? Rock, rest in peace. I, I'm not even gonna talk about PNB Rock with you. I don't even know he's from Philly. Curious from Miami. So, let me ask you all this as we kind of start to talk about this section of the podcast. Netflix has now come out with this thing to oh, where I hate Netflix. Dude, I'm sorry, Netflix is you bottom. It's have, getting bottom tier now. You only have. One account. You can only have one account really? on your account. You can no longer share passwords if you do it'll log you out. You have to like sign wow. into your you have to sign in on your home Wi Fi every thirty days. So basically if you're on a smart T V like I am in my apartment, like I just can't use Netflix on it. Wow. Anymore. Netflix is getting to be yeah. horrible. L, major L by Netflix. The only thing Netflix has done good recently is adding all the Rocky movies True. to Netflix. Hey, can't, wa- hey, can't watch those the next two weeks. True. Chiefs fans do Philly. not wow. do not put a jersey. Did you on see the they already did it? Did you see they already did they it? Already did. Someone, I don't think it was a Chiefs fan. I think that like a Philly person did decline, but it was like a T-shirt ripped over and it said like I think it might have said like Let's Go Chiefs, but they already did. I saw it on Twitter today. They oh. already put something that's on some it. That's some bad mojo that, that we do so not bad. need. I think maybe like John Kurtz retweeted it. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I saw it. So, yeah, Netflix is is a sham right now. My um, series of the week that I I watch a lot of TV. In case y'all don't know this. Um, do either one of any of y'all have Peacock? I do not have Peacock. I actually don't. Okay, well you need to get Peacock. There's a show on there. It's called Poker Face. Did you watch? Poker Face. Did you watch Knives Out? Have you seen that movie? I've not seen Knives Out. Knives Out's pretty good. Okay, so it's been a while, but I remember it being pretty good. So the second one is actually out on Netflix right now. Mm -hmm. But the director of that movie produced, or is the director of the show, and so the basis is there's a woman who can tell when you're lying. Like she has this natural gift where she just can tell when you're when you're lying, and she like is a nomad. Like she basically is on the run. I won't spoil it, but she's on the run, and she just like somehow just happens to be at places where people get murdered, and she helps them like solve the murder. And it's like a '70s style show, but it's like really good. So that's my show of the week. Do any of y'all have any TVs? I was I, just about to second that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but that's not that. new. I mean, that's not like uh, new. It's, um, I don't know. I don't know when the next Ted Lasso is coming out. Yeah, I would ask all three of you because me and my roommate Big Michael have been looking for a TV show to watch, and we thought about Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad. but Michael Just said Michael said we do not want to go cook. down that rabbit hole. So I've been <laughs> looking for maybe something new. And cool, I know you've been watching Yellowstone. Are you still watching? Or did you already finish Yellowstone? All of it? Yeah, haven't you finished all of it? I am. Or are you still watching done with it? Yellowstone. Don't they have a new season? Coming? Yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's coming right now. now. Yeah. I yes. saw Outer Banks coming out the new mm. season. If you're into that, I was never Outer Banks. Are you? Were any of you Stranger Things? Oh, yeah, Stranger I am a Stranger good. Things. Homer. I love Stranger Things. That is one of my favorite. Cool. Shows I know. Of all Look by your face. Did you watch it? I never watched it. Wow, it's pretty good in my opinion. It is very good. Yellowstone. I still will to this day say that Yellowstone is one of the best. Yellowstone is very good. You would like that show. Narcos. I do like it. And Narcos. Yeah, that's one of my. Yeah, best TV show ever is Criminal Minds. 
minds though. You cannot change my mind. <laughs> that show, is pretty good if you that show is greatness. Mind. What's that um, show on Showtime with Brian Cranston? Have you seen this advertised? It takes place in New Orleans. That's why I'm oh, interested in. Oh, I, I have it. seen this advertisement. Yeah. yeah, I forgot he was in that. Honestly. Yep. So, TVs, um, movies. Have you all seen any good movies recently? I heard the new Avatar was actually kind of decent. I watched yeah, I watched Finding Nemo the other night. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, who'd, you, hey, who'd you watch it with? Who'd you watch it with? Hey, uh, that's a uh, talk, talk for another that time. Is, that, is a, that is a non-on-air conversation. Uh, Connor, Connor, I know you've seen this movie because we were texting about it. Another, I'm sorry, we were just talking crap on Netflix, and I have to pump up one of their one of their products. You people you might people. be one of the most funniest movies I think I've watched. <laughs> that movie is so funny with Jonah Hill. Did you lose brain cells while watching it? No, it's no. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, so it's not like a it's sausage not one of the, party? Yeah, no. like no. like one of those movies where it's just like so <laughs> it's, it's dumb. It's Jonah Hill, Lauren London, um, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, and then what's I can't not remember her name for the life of me, but uh, it's it's hilarious. And and the, the basis of the movie is Jonah Hill is uh, a white Jewish man, <laughs> and he is in his mid thirties, and he is yet to find a girlfriend, and he actually hosts a podcast, oddly enough, and he's like desperate. And he ends up running into this black girl who he really, really likes, and she's Muslim. And so the the family's confrontations might be the funniest thing. I think that's what makes the movie so good. So if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Really, really good. Last thing before we get out of here. I'm not going to ask about new music because none of y'all have very good music taste. Oh, no. P&B Rock. Dude, we, we, okay, so we turned on the radio when we were driving home to grab this cord for the cold needed, and this was some R&B baby-making music, like, that, oh, me, I was like, Cole, what are you listening to? Me and Caden, when I tell you that, we literally switched it to the radio button, and we slowly looked at each other and just started dying laughing, because we were just like, this is exactly what we thought Cole yeah, would listen, listen to. Yeah, you listen to Yachty album? I, I, can't get, I can't get into it. Well, because it's different. Yachty? Yeah. No. Like alternative kind yeah, of. I like it. I'm a Drake hey, only kind of guy. You hate on our culture for music, but I mean, we're, we're Borough boys. We don't listen exactly. to, to Lil Yachty hey. and all this hey. other stuff. I will say, on the club team, you got the worst ox. <laughs> That's a conversation for another day as we wrap it up on whatever I'm going to call this podcast. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you did listen, I highly hey, recommend. The Borough boys. I yeah. highly recommend you go to your. Uh, nearest doctor and get your ears checked because they might be bleeding right now. Um, so that, that's going to do it for us. Until next time, safe travels and go Cats.